This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. Let's shift our attention now to headlines coming out from around the region. Malaysia partially lifting its ban on chicken exports to other issues, including the Malaysian government agreeing to abolish the mandatory death penalty and Thailand legalizing the growing of marijuana and its consumption in food and drink. Let's find out more from Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Elliot. How are you doing? Not too bad, sir. Have you had chicken lately? Because we are controlling <laughs> our consumption. <laughs> same here, same here. Oh, dear. So, Malaysia has partially lifted its ban on chicken exports. I mean, front page of the Straits Times talks about imports of kangpong, black chicken can resume. What's happening here? And, you know, all this started on June the 1st, right? What's the potential for this ban to be lifted earlier than expected? This control of production to happen sooner rather than later? Well, you know, I think it's quite clear this knee-jerk response to the shortage of supply here that led to this banning. And I think we've discussed this before in previous segments, actually, is that, Mm. you know, now the government is realizing that basically, you know, Singapore is a huge export market for poultry farmers from Malaysia. And it's also a big foreign exchange earner. And they realize that now by just banning it, potentially Malaysian poultry farmers could actually lose this is very valuable market. Okay. So I think that's basically the reason why we're having this rethink here. And clearly the poultry lobby in mm. Malaysia, which is rather powerful, got to the government and said, look, you know, it just can't, simply can't happen, you know. Mm. So I think that realization is basically coming in. Oh, that's, yeah. that's what's happening. Bit of a blooper there. It's almost as if they didn't consider that the human race Precisely. will find alternatives. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Singapore would find alternatives and, you know, shut the Malaysian poultry farmers completely out of this market. Which will be a bigger problem for them. Yeah, exactly. Malaysia Prime Minister Ismail Sabri Yaakob also talked about the government introducing a moving ceiling price for consumer products. Could you explain to us how this would work? The government has been very sketchy on details over this moving ceiling price plan. Only to say that it will be based on various inputs in the supply chain. And to ensure this, I think they want to have more government-linked companies, government-linked agencies to be involved in the agro sector. So I think just from that point alone, we're seeing problems already. You know, each time the government gets involved in something like this, you create licenses, hurdles, so many things, and, you know, you distort the market from actually doing what does best, which is finding, finding that level that makes you know, prices at all, probably the most fair to consumers rather than getting involved. You know? So I think right. this is not a good decision, but, you know, clearly it's, it is politics. This is a big issue. The government needs to be seen as doing something. Yeah. So here is a plan that's coming. But, you know, very few people believe that this is going to work. You yeah. know, whenever you distort markets, you know, you're just asking for trouble. You underestimate how accessible the Malaysian market is. So therefore, do you need this is one question. And just to clarify, this is supposed to help with regard to food security, right? Exactly. You know, and the real problem is why the market is distorted. Like mm-hmm. we've reported before, you know, you've got import licensing rules. And then on top of it, you have subsidies. 
And I this see. is something that is really the big elephant in the room. If you don't remove subsidies, which is going to amount to something like 71 million ringgit, that's roughly about 71 billion ringgit, roughly with at current exchange rates is about 23 billion Sing dollars mm, a year. Mm, mm, mm. So, you know, you've got to remove that first. And But, you know, removing that at this point immediately will cause prices, which are already high, to spike further, you know. Mm. So they really have their backs against the wall yeah. and it's not going to be easy to deal with this. Yeah, there's a flip side to all of this. I mean, when you look at, uh, obviously, on the inflation picture, the recession potential, uh, that's on the consumables. But in terms of jobs, uh, apparently hotels in Johor are finding it hard to recruit locals. More of them want to come to Singapore to work. This is a wage issue, isn't it? Exactly, you know, and this is, you know, this is something that's been going on for a long time. You know, Singapore will always be that deal for relations who want to get better prospects. And especially now, with the Malaysian ringgit weakening against the Singapore dollar, that attraction is just going to get a lot more stronger. You know? mm, mm. And I think, you know, problem with Malaysia is that they've been hooked on this uh, foreign labor drug for a long, long time. Yeah, and I think yeah. everyone's got to wake up to that and you know, start paying Malaysians. If you want to have talent, you've got to start paying people money, you know, decent money to actually stay at home to work. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. I've noticed personally the youth of Malaysia is very different now. They're hardworking, they're hungry, they're willing to go far to get more money. Leslie, let's talk a, a little bit about a law that seems to be changing. The government has agreed to abolish the mandatory death penalty. This is a statement by de facto law minister Wan Juadi Tengu Jafa. Capital punishment would be replaced by other types of punishment at the court's discretion. Interesting, where is all this coming from? Does this mean that the death penalty is gone for good or could go for good? It's important to be clear that the that probably still exists in Malaysia. Okay. It does still exist in Malaysia. You know? So what the government tends to do is to abolish the mandatory death penalty that will soon replace with other sentences which are subjected to the discretion of the court. You see, especially during the early 80s when Dr. Mahale took over mm. as premier, he found the courts clearly not listening to the government. So they cobbled uh, laws together where the judges had no other discretion but to introduce the mandatory death sentence. So there was no other sentence apart from death. So I think that's changing now. The government has realized that they need to rework this thing. But how they're going to do it is unclear. No one has said whether there'll be an omnibus kind of or superseding piece of legislation that will allow for this. That's number one. Number two, I think we don't even know what's going to happen to people in death row now. I suspect that lawyers are going to start filing applications for a review in in the death sentences soon. So that probably will happen, which is not a bad thing. I think, you know, these kind of sentences and punishments need to be re-looked actually. Yeah. So we're probably, moving towards that direction. Probably take some time, get a bit of precedence, and then, you know, yeah. more more cases will change. Uh, Myanmar, if we turn our attention there, the Junha there has made a shocking announcement that four democracy activists will be executed. This will be the first executions under judicial authority in Myanmar for 30 years. Uh, what does this say about the junta leader, General Ming Ang Hyang? Well, you know, this, this one story just keeps 
taking very, very nasty turns, actually, yeah. every week. You know? And we just hope that, you know, the Myanmarese junta will basically do what is done in the past by having this basic commuting through mass pardons, actually. Right. These death sentences, you know, there's no word when the sentences will be carried out. We hope they don't yeah. get carried out at all. Yeah. And, you know, and both parties come to some kind of understanding where they can work this thing together. But at this point, I don't think we're near any inflection point. I mean, this yeah. thing is just going to get nasty for weeks to come, you know, until we see more international pressure, concerted effort to get everyone on the table and get them to talk. Yeah, hopefully things get better. Uh, let's end off on a lighter note, and uh, I'm going to try not to say the wrong thing here. Thailand legalizing the growing of marijuana and its consumption in food and drink last week. The first Asian country to do so. Oh, dear. First, let's talk about the rationale, and then naturally people will ask, you know, would other countries in Southeast Asia do so? Um, you know, it is very interesting. I mean, if you just look at the legislation plan from the revenue generation aspect, okay. it has been very successful for Thailand. Last year, from what I understand, Thailand collected more than $2 billion US dollars in terms of tax revenue, actually, from just starting up the street. So that is going to be a very, very attractive proposition for a lot of governments in the region and elsewhere too from a just a revenue standpoint so how thailand deals with this moves forward with this piece of legislation to allow medical marijuana production is going to be very interesting and i think it's going to be watched very very closely you know i mean a lot of western countries have made this bold move Mm-hmm. And um, they're seeing, including Australia and you know, yeah. some states in Australia. And so they're arguing towards the benefits of this. And I think Thailand is going to become that template, you know, that countries here are probably going to use. And how they move forward with this is going to be very, very interesting. I don't it's going to be quite fascinating. <laughs> You're right. Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times on the line with me. Leslie, appreciate your time as always. You take care. Thank Have a great you. Wednesday, yeah? Thank you. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.